0: Thank you, Dustin. Let me once again say welcome and Merry Christmas to everyone. So glad that you've joined us, whether you're a regular attender, first time visitor, we're glad that you're here. As you leave today on the table to your right, uh, we have some free Bibles. Um, I don't know if you have a Bible, but we'd love for you to receive that as our gift to you this Christmas for being our guest. I wanna invite you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter two. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 21, and I'll read this for us in just a moment as you turn there, and then I'll pray, and then we'll look together at a message I've titled, Good News of Great Joy. So as I read the passage, maybe you can try to spot that phrase. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. This is the Christmas story. This is the Christmas story. If you've ever seen the Charlie Brown Christmas movie, this is the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1, hear the word of the Lord. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them at the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, as it had been told them. At the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that in this world of lies there is truth, and what we have just read is true. And Lord, I pray that the truth of the birth of Jesus the Savior would fill us with hope this morning. Lord, if we are far from you, I pray that we would run to you and trust in you. I pray, Lord, that in our struggles and in our fears and our anxieties, that we would be reminded that Jesus is not only a Savior, He is the Lord. So, God, I pray that more of our lives would be lived under His light, under His rule, and under His command. I pray, Lord, that as we look to Your Word, that You'd give me clarity. Teach us, according to Your Spirit, Your unchanging, inerrant words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well this week I don't know if you read in the news but something new was found in something old. Rembrandt's famous painting Night Watch which was painted in 1642 was looked at under a an x-ray machine or some kind of technology that discovered something they had never known about this painting that underneath the painting is a lead layer upon which the painting is painted. I think about that. For hundreds of years, people have been looking at that painting without really understanding what's behind it. Something new found in something old. Well, this morning, as we look at this passage, I'm hoping that you'll see something new in something old, older than the Night Watch, older than anything Rembrandt ever painted. This gospel story from Luke is over 2,000 years old. And in this story... I want us to see three things. The message is divided into three parts. The details, the communication, and the response. The details, the communication, and the response. And what I want to communicate in this sermon is that the details matter. And the message is for you. And a response is required. The details matter. The message is for you, and a response is required. So first, the details. Well, as I read this passage, you probably recognized a lot of these details about Jesus' birth. These are things that we're very familiar with. The decree of Caesar that led Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. The city of David to be registered. The details matter. What other details? The swaddling clothes, the manger, it all matters. Now one of the reasons it matters is because there's ancient prophecy being fulfilled. So that a keen reader of the Old Testament will know that all the things that God has promised were coming true. Which is a reminder that all the things that God promises come true. Ancient prophecy is being fulfilled. So all of these things make us understand that God is in charge of the details. God is sovereign over the details. When we read these details, we should think God is in charge. He's bringing things about through the birth of Jesus. He's bringing about salvation through the birth of Jesus. But there's something else we can conclude. We can also conclude that God cares about the details of our lives. God is sovereign over the details of our lives. God is working out the details of our lives for his glory and for all for our good. The details of the birth of Jesus remind us that God is in control and he's working things according to his will and according to his purposes. So that's good news. What does that mean for you? That means that your life is not random. Your life is not chaos. Your life, the world, is not spinning out of control. No matter if we feel overwhelmed, God is not overwhelmed. He is in control and he is working things for his glory and for our good. And so when we sing these Christmas songs about the details... We're supposed to pay attention to the idea that God is sovereign over the details, not just of this story, but of your story. No matter how overwhelmed you feel, God is not overwhelmed. No matter how you might feel things are out of control, I promise you, God is very much in control. Today, just as he was on this night that we read about, the details matter to God. He is in charge of the details. Well, second, the main point of the story is a communication of good news, which is why the sermon is titled Good News of Great Joy. So we're going to look at the message and I want you to understand that the message is for you. The message is for you. From the details of Jesus' birth, we move to see we see these in verses 8 through 21. If you look in verse 8, we meet some of the most famous characters in the Christmas story. The shepherds. It says they were in the same region as Bethlehem, keeping over their flocks. Which is to say they were doing their job. That's their job. They're shepherds watching over the sheep. And it was night. We're told that it was night. So you've got some shepherds doing their job at night. But then in verse 9... It says that an angel of the Lord appeared and announced to them the news that a Savior has been born. And the angel tells them, you'll know the Savior because he's wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Now we don't know the names of the shepherds. They are just a few of the many unnamed important people in the Bible. And this is good news for us because we live in sort of a heightened celebrity culture where sometimes you feel like if people don't know my name, I must be unimportant. But the story of the birth of Jesus and the importance of the shepherds reminds us that unnamed, unknown people are known and important to God and a part of his story. We know that God chose them to be front row witnesses to the greatest night in human history up to that point. The single most important event in all of human history, God chose them to have a front row seat. Why? Because God wanted them to know that Jesus was born. God wanted them to know that Jesus is a savior. God wanted them to know how they could find him. And there's so much in that simple narrative that matters to us In these final days of 2023, God wants you to know that Jesus has come. God wants you to know that Jesus is a savior. He's not just merely a teacher. He's not just merely a leader. He is the savior of the world. And God wants you to know how you can find him. This is so important that the angels tell the shepherds how to find Jesus. Christianity is not about you groping around in the darkness. It's about the light of the gospel cutting through the darkness. Christianity isn't about finding the answers within. It's not about solving the riddle of the mystery of life. Or even worse, it's not about making up meaning on your own. The message in Luke 2 is that we like the shepherds, exist in the darkness. The darkness of sin. And the good news is that the light of the gospel, the light of the Savior, cuts through the darkness and shines the light. And it is God saying, here is Jesus. Here is the Savior. Here is the one that can forgive you. Here is the one that can make you right with God. So the shepherds, were told in verse 16, Go to Jesus. And if you look at verse 16, it says, And they went with haste. So they don't delay, they don't sit around the campfire, sort of thinking about what just happened. There is immediate obedience. And this tells us something about salvation. Salvation involves response, salvation involves obedience. They go right away and they worship Jesus. As Savior. So what happens? Let's be clear. They're saved. The shepherds are converted. One moment they're in the darkness and the next moment they're in the light. Salvation is not a 12-step process you have to work. It's not a journey, long journey, the end of which many right turns is the final destination. It's an immediate event in the life of a person who looks to Jesus as Savior, they are immediately transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, the kingdom of Jesus. And so this is good news for us because sometimes we think there's got to be this long process for me to get from where I am to where God wants me to be. And the good news of the gospel is that there is salvation and repentance and forgiveness and redemption for anyone who looks to Jesus. They're saved right there in the barn, right there in the manger. They worship Jesus. And if you look at verse 20, it says when they return, they're glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Now this is important. I was driving the other day And where we live, it was raining, and there was this beautiful rainbow, and I was reminded of that old myth that at the end of a rainbow, you find a pot of gold. Only there's never a pot of gold. And that's how most myths are. That's how most religions are. There's never what's promised. But the story of the shepherds is that if you look to Jesus, you find a real person A real Savior who died on a real cross, rose from a real grave, and is reigning in a real heaven on a real throne who's coming again one day to retrieve for himself a real bride, the church of Jesus Christ. The story of the shepherds reminds us that this isn't a myth. This is real. This is true. If you look to Jesus, if you'll go to him, you'll find him. He'll save you He will bring you from darkness into the light. God brings the light to people in the darkness. Now this is important because one of the things this passage teaches us is that we don't find God. God finds us. We don't find God. God finds us. The angels tell us this in verse 15. Look at verse 15. Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. The gospel is not that we connect the dots, because we could never do that. We would never do that. Romans 3 says, no one seeks God. Brothers and sisters, God finds us. The story of Christmas is that God seeks sinners to save. He's the shepherd that goes after the sheep. So when we read this, we should awe and be in wonder and praise God like the shepherds that God reveals himself. God comes to us. God has made it known. I don't know if you've seen these escape rooms. I don't particularly enjoy them, but some people do. The idea of escape room is that you go, you're put in a room... You solve these riddles, you have a certain amount of time, and you may or may not win. And they give you clues, but you may or may not win. And look, you might have come here this morning thinking that eternal life, thinking that salvation is like an escape room. You know, you're born, you have a certain amount of time, you live in a certain place, and maybe you figure it out, maybe you don't, maybe you win, maybe you lose, but the good news of Jesus is that God comes to us, God reveals himself to us, God pursues us, God saves us, Jesus wins for us. And don't overlook the extent of the good news. The angel says the good news is for all people. The good news is for everyone. Jesus is the savior of the world. Does that mean everyone is saved? No. It means that anyone in the world who admits that they're a sinner, who acknowledges that Jesus is God's only Savior, that there is no other way to heaven, Jesus says, he tells us that. Anyone who looks to Jesus will be saved. This is important. The details matter, but the manger doesn't save you. The angels don't save you. Mary doesn't save you. Joseph doesn't save you. Going on a journey doesn't save you. A pilgrimage won't save you. Only the baby in the manger who dies on a cross, who rises from the dead, who right now, Jesus, right now is reigning on a throne, just waiting for the final person to join the bride, for him to come and retrieve for himself what he paid The story we read reminds us that Jesus will save anyone. Anyone. The details matter. The news is for us. For us. No matter how far you may be, no matter how dark the darkness may be, if you look to the Savior, you will enter into the light of his kingdom. This is not just an old story that has nothing to do with you. This is... The story of every believer who looks to Jesus savingly. The details matter. A respo- the details matter. The news is for you. And third, a response is required. A response is required. It says in verse 13 that suddenly there was a multitude of angels. So you guys follow the story. There's one angel and then there's a multitude of angels. You say, well, how did that happen? No idea. That's just one of those moments where there's an angel and then there's a host of angels. That word multitude, the Greek word multitude is the word plethora. It's the word we get our word plethora from. So there's a plethora of angels. All of a sudden there's heavenly hosts. And what they're doing is praising God and their song goes something like this. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those who with whom he is pleased. There is peace between God and anyone with whom he is pleased. So maybe you're wondering this morning, is God pleased with me? Well, here's the good news. God is pleased with Jesus. Jesus lived a sinless life you couldn't live. Jesus died a sacrificial death. You are not qualified to die. Jesus pleases the Father. He is perfectly obedient. And when we are in Jesus, the Father is pleased with us. There is peace between us and God when we are in Christ because the Father is pleased with the Son. Remember what God the Father said to Jesus the Son on the day of Jesus' baptism? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And so we see that Jesus gets the glory. Jesus gets the glory. There's a lot of glory in this passage because there's a lot of glory in the gospel. Look at verse 9. The glory of the Lord shone around the shepherds. Look in verse 13. The angels declare the glory to God in the highest. Look at verse 20. They return glorifying God. So if you were to read this passage and you were just a keen reader, you would highlight that word glory, glory, glory. From the beginning to the end, the good news of salvation is that Jesus is a savior. Jesus reveals God's glory. If you want to see God's glory learn about Jesus. If you want to think about God's glory, think about Jesus. On the day you die and you see the glory of God, you will behold it in the face of Jesus. Jesus is God's glory on display. You see, in our sin, in our pride, we want glory, we want praise, we want worship, we want control. It's like that old Tears for Fear song, everybody wants to rule the world. But here in the manger is the one who actually created the world, who actually rules the world. And in salvation, all you're doing is opening your eyes to reality that Jesus is the creator, he is the ruler, he gets the glory. That the gospel is the light in the darkness, the good news of a savior who is in control, who deserves our praise, who gives us redemption and forgiveness. And all that is good and is right is, is in him. You want peace? Peace is in Jesus. You want forgiveness? Forgiveness is in Jesus. You want redemption? It's in Jesus. You want eternal life? It's in Jesus. So the response of the shepherds is to go to Jesus, believe in Jesus, and glorify Jesus. And listen, friends, that has not changed in over 2,000 years. Our response, the right response, is to look to Jesus, believe in Jesus, and be saved. Trust in Him receive forgiveness, and respond by glorifying God. A response is required. You know, it's the holiday season, and if you're anything like me, you go to a few parties. Our neighbor had a hot cocoa party the other day, which was really nice. I'd never been to a hot cocoa party, but it was great. And when you get invited to something, you'll notice that it says RSVP. And you might like me most of my life, not know what RSVP means, but pardon the French, Respondez-vous, s'il vous plaît. Respondez, s'il vous plaît. It means, respond if you please. But the gospel invitation is not like an invitation to your neighbor's party where it's nice to respond. The gospel is the message of salvation where you are required to respond. You can say yes, Or you can say no, but you can't say maybe. You can say yes, you can say no, but you can't say maybe. The shepherds found that everything the angels told them was true. They go, they find him, they are changed forever, forever saved, and they go home glorifying God. That's what you get if you say yes to Jesus. Or you say no to Jesus and you stay in the dark and you keep following all the broken promises of the world and you never find redemption and you never find forgiveness and you never find eternal life and then you die and you'll end up meeting the very person you said no to. So the story we read is an invitation to say yes to Jesus, to receive him as Lord and Savior. I promise you Nothing that could possibly be under the tree is as great a gift as salvation in Jesus. Look at verse 20. It says that it had all been told. It says in verse 20, let me read this for us. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard as it had been told them. And that is still true today. If you read God's word, you will find that life is, salvation is, just as God has told us. Now it's interesting, Mary, we're told in verse 19, treasures these things in her heart. The shepherds, they're a little more, I don't know, we'd say charismatic. They go home rejoicing and praising God, and they're just amazed at what they had witnessed, pinching themselves at what had just happened. So if we look to Jesus, we will be saved. Our response is to declare how great God is and how true his words are. You might be new to church. You might not know what do you guys do in church exactly? This. We do this. We look to Jesus. We trust in him. We remind each other that everything he said is true and we declare his Glory. Don't miss something. In verse 16, when the shepherds arrive in the barn, they make haste. But notice what it says in verse 17. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. You know that when the shepherds go to the manger, they find Jesus. But when they go to the manger, they tell Mary and Joseph the story. So part of what Mary is treasuring in her heart is not just the birth of Jesus, but it's the fact that God is getting out the news. And in 2023, God is getting out the news. People telling each other what God has done. People reminding one another what God had said. This is a beautiful picture of the gospel. The gospel, you know the gospel because God made it known to someone. And that person made it known to someone and they made it known to you. And it gets to the next person when you tell them. And so our job is not really that different than the job of the shepherds. It's to look to Jesus, to trust in Jesus, to glorify Jesus, and to tell others what God has said in his word and to remind them that we have found it to be just as he had said. The shepherds make haste. They didn't wait. Let me ask you a question. What are you waiting for this morning? What are you waiting for to look to Jesus, to admit that you're a sinner, to admit that he is the only savior, to come out of the darkness and into the light and receive the free gift of salvation, forgiveness, and eternal life? When you read this passage, You can't help but walk away thinking, I don't want to put this off. I want to respond yes to Jesus. I want to turn my life over to him and find him to be as good a savior as I've heard about this morning. Jesus is God's savior. That's the message. Trust in him. Be forgiven. Move from the darkness into the light. Spend the rest of your life giving God glory. And on the day you die, open your eyes to behold God's glory in his face forever. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. God, we thank you that Christianity is not a manger in which we find a mirror to look at ourselves. It's a manger that contains Emmanuel, God with us, the Savior of the world the conquering king, the victorious hero. Lord, every hero in human history has faults. Jesus has none. He is sinless. And God, we're reminded this morning that you're pleased with him. And if we're in him, because of him, you're pleased with us. So God, I pray that where the devil accuses us that you'd remind us that the blood of Christ has the final say. But I pray, Lord, that we would not live in the dark, that we would walk in the light, that we would live our lives to glorify Jesus and tell others that it's all true. He really does save. There really is forgiveness. We really can receive eternal life. In Jesus, for Jesus, we pray. Amen.